0: We need the prayers of one another, don't we? And uh, I've just been so um, impressed by all the young people, the ones that you see out there, the ones that are backstage, um, not just the young people, some of the adults that are helping to make all this happen. A lot of things go on behind the scenes, you know, just having the mics ready and all the equipment and the video and the sound. There's a tendency, at least the natural tendency, is that if nothing squeaks or squawks, then nobody notices anything about the sound people or the audio or the people doing the mics in the background. If everything goes smoothly, which means they're doing a great job and the Lord is blessing, nobody notices. But if something goes wrong, everybody notices. So I just wanted to take a moment to say we're noticing all that's being done here behind the scenes and we're very thankful that the message can go even beyond here. And we welcome those of you that are on the live stream this morning. It's great to have you with us, even though you can't be here in body. So, this morning we're gonna be talking about something that we're excited about, (laughs) something that we've experienced a lot of in our marriage. (laughs)
1: The miracles or the malfunctions?
0: Both. (laughs) Both. We've experienced a lot of malfunctions in our marriage, and we have experienced a lot of the miracle-working power of heaven. And so that's why we're excited this morning, because God can take us from all the malfunctions, to many miracles, and I have to be honest and say that there are still some occasional malfunctions that happen, but we know that His grace is sufficient.
1: That's right. There are many examples we can bring before you today about malfunction. And we just want you to think about your own marriage and the areas that you trip up in and your pattern of dealing with the conflict because that's what we're going to talk about today. And like I said, we could give many examples, but obviously the best ones are our own because we can talk about them very specifically. So we're going to bring another one of our bloopers to you this morning. And uh, we're go- what we want to do is express the situation that happened. We're going to bring you into our lives, into our story. And then we're going to process it. We're going to dissect it. And then we want to look for how we go through it with God's solutions, and then the beauty of the outcome of what God will do for every one of us as we cooperate with Him, Amen. and turning those malfunctions into beautiful miracles. So this, you want me to talk? Or you want oh, to talk? Go
0: ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'll
1: talk. <laughs> this experience happened very early in our marriage. By the way, wives are
0: very good, that's why I said she could talk, because I'll just give you a quick overview, <laughs> but wives are very good, generally speaking, to be able to, what am I, wrinkling your shirt? No, all well, the shoulders coming down here. They're very good at being able to express the malfunction <laughs> <laughs> in very articulate ways, so go ahead. Yeah.
1: So be listening, men. <laughs> Okay, we had just been married less than two months, right around the two-month mark, and my husband had been invited to be a groomsman and a special music a singer in a friend's wedding. Now, obviously, we knew that before we were married. We were engaged, and a little while later, his friend was engaged, somebody he worked an x-ray with, and this friend asked him to be a participant in, their, in his wedding, So like any healthy couple in love, we discussed this because we realized it was right on the heels of our marriage, of our wedding. So we discussed it prior to him accepting it. Did you hear that, guys? Prior to him accepting, he says, let me talk to Elaine about it. And so we talked all about it. We figured out how it was all going to work, and he accepted that honor of being in his friend's wedding. The challenge, and one of the challenging points about this was the wedding did not occur where we lived, there in a suburb of Chicago. It was going to be back in the Boston area. So that meant that travel had to incur. So it was all figured out well ahead of time how we would handle it and what we would do. And then the time came for this Friend's wedding.
0: We had decided that, um, well, we both came from families that, that were savers, okay? And that's been a, a huge blessing to us over 35 years of marriage. So we, we haven't had a lot of conflict over finances. And so I suggested to my dear new wife.
1: Wife-to-be at that time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> wife-to-be at, at the time we were discussing it, that it would probably be more practical financially for her to stay home. Here's why. She didn't really know any of the people that were gonna be in the wedding. It was gonna be a relatively quick trip. I would be completely consumed in my responsibilities. You hear all these practical reasons. You're not buying it, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Believe me, we aren't buying it anymore either. (laughs) But anyway. This was the logic that we were using and I was using particularly, and it made sense to you, right?
1: I, I agreed with it because I thought, you know, that's all right. I can stay home. You know, when you first start a home, there's a lot of things, especially as ladies like to do, to make it feel like our home. And so I thought, well, I can, you know, be fixing up things around home. And, and I really anticipated just kind of a turnaround time, you know. Just a turnaround time. This was all decided when, before he accepted the offer to be in the wedding. Well as we were married and time it was time to book the tickets, it became evident to us that in order for him to get there for all the preliminary events that happened before the wedding, he needed to be there on Friday, which means he needed to leave on Thursday because he's going east. So the weekend is growing, and because the wedding is Sunday afternoon, he is going to be coming home on Monday. So this short turnaround weekend all of a sudden grew by another day plus. Well, that's all right, too. I mean, I do have things to occupy my time. So we prepared, and I can remember driving him to the airport. Now, this is a long time ago. (laughs) This is the days when you could actually go in, You could go right to the gate with the person you were going to be putting, you know, sending off on the plane. Many of you are shaking your heads. You remember that, right? Wasn't that nice? (laughs) You just didn't just drop them off at the curb and say goodbye. You, You could actually spend every last second with them until they got on the plane. Well, the first surprise I had as we got to the airport is that he said, just drop me off. Right?
0: I don't actually remember that detail, but. <laughs> I do. I, I'm sure you do. That's why I'm having you tell this part of the story. So. <laughs> there must have been a good reason. There was,
1: there was, because it was during my work hours too. And he okay. figured okay, I'd have less time away from work if I just. Would drop him off. I could, you know, get right back on the road and get back to work, and that made sense too. But in my heart,
0: so I was actually thinking of you. <laughs>
1: of course, dear. I know you always think of me, right? <laughs> so you just had to remind me that I was thinking okay. of you. <laughs> I'll give you all your cues when okay. you need know them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, in my heart, where did I want to be as a new wife? with him he was everything to me i wanted to go to the gate i wanted the last romantic hug and kiss i wanted to walk watch him walk down the jetway but you know i wave at him as he goes in the door and i get you know keep going on i go back to work consume the rest of the day but not without many thoughts of him I- when he would arrive there in Boston, who would be picking him up, what they might be doing. I had it all figured in my mind, even though I didn't know anybody there. I only knew his friend and only met him. He had actually come to our wedding. But um, I really didn't know the people involved. So anyway, that was the weekend. Thursday night, I went home, and I expected a exactly did you hear all those melodious women voices <laughs> there was I don't think I heard a male voice in that <laughs> now again this was a long time ago this is when most 35 phones years were ago. still on the wall or on the table I'm, this may be the early days of a handheld maybe even before the handheld we days. didn't have
0: handhelds. we didn't
1: have handhelds okay so everything was connected by you know cords Anyway, he didn't call me and I thought, well, it's all right, you know, it's late and everything. And so Friday morning, I get up, I go to work. I'm thinking of him all day long. I can't wait to get home from work. I can't wait to be home because I'm anticipating a... Good guys. You're really
0: setting me up for this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said to tell the story. You take it from (laughs) here. Well,
0: the weekend, you know, it was a whirlwind for me. That was my excuse. It was
1: eternity for me.
0: I was busy from the moment I got there. And quite honestly, I had way too much fun on the weekend. And that is not a good thing when your wife is not with you. Okay, And I have to to tell you that one of the things that I regret is that when we got married, nobody explained to us, and we meet couples all the time, that... I was still in a single mindset. When you say I do, you don't just switch automatically. The I do and the two should become one does not just happen because the words are said and we say I do. And so here I am off on a weekend and I'm just having a, you know, a busy but fun time being involved in all the festivities and the rehearsal and everything, and I'm having fun. And yes, I did think of I know, you.
1: You did, you told me that.
0: I did think of you. I did miss you. You told me that too. But I was a very busy, and I never called her. This was a better response than I anticipated.
1: <laughs> okay? I'll hold on to you, <laughs>
0: Back in those days, (laughs) you had to make special arrangements to use. I didn't even know these people. I was staying in their home, okay? Not a very good excuse, right? (laughs) But for whatever reason, and everything went late, and and so I didn't end up... And you were
1: preoccupied.
0: Actually, no, I have to be completely honest. I thought I called you once. But she says I never did. never did, so maybe it was just something that I wanted to do, but yes. <laughs> that we got around to.
1: Well, here's the other side of it that, that made it a little more challenging for me is because I am planning my day with anticipation, right? Thursday night, I understand. Friday night, it's like Friday night. I mean, that should be a no-brainer, you know? Saturday night, I thought, okay. But I was anticipating it. Now, in my work at the hospital, I did travel. I traveled as a nurse recruiter. And in our engagement, I actually left Chicago and I would go to different Adventist colleges around the United States recruiting student nurses when they graduated to come and be employed there. So in our engagement, no matter where I went, at least once, and usually more than once, I found a phone. I made arrangements and I called him. You remember that?
0: Shall I go sit down?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're again we're telling this it seems basic and simplistic but we're going to dissect and you're going to understand what happens that happens in your marriages that cause the malfunction. So of course that was that was my expectation. I never said are you going to call me? I just expected it.
0: And it was true. It was a good expectation. Yes. I really failed.
1: (laughs) So here it is, Monday morning. And I am driving back to O'Hare Airport. Now I have two choices I can get there to meet him as he comes off the airplane, right? Or I can meet him at baggage claim. (laughs) Where did I meet you, dear?
0: A baggage claim. You're
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Got that one right. <laughs> Why? Now, when I took him. Because you a, are not a happy <laughs> happy wife. <laughs> when I took him, I wanted to go inside. You don't need to come inside. You know, I'm all right. I'm just going to go with the gay. I'm going to get on the plane, blah, blah, blah And it's going to be gone. Okay? So I thought that's the way he wants it. That's the way I'll do it. So when he comes back, instead of meeting him with loving arms at the Moment he steps out of the jetway, I let him find his way through the airport. <laughs> <laughs> However that may be. And That's uh,
0: another story, but anyway.
1: <laughs> I met him at curbside and he was so happy. I tell you he was all smiles.
0: I was very happy to see you.
1: I know you were. <laughs> I was very happy to see you. I
0: couldn't tell exactly. <laughs>
1: And this is how women operate. So men, if you don't know this about your wife yet, let me help you out. We love you as our husband. We want to do what we know is right to do and that we really want to do, but sometimes the selfishness in our character wants to punish you for... (laughs) Is that too strong a word?
0: (laughs) Discipline correct, <laughs> teach, <laughs> <laughs> reprove
1: <laughs> for not being in tune with us, right? Is that right? That's right. <laughs> so I, I did give him a hug, I did give him a kiss, and I did smile, but it was a <sighs> smile, you know, it wasn't just one that flowed like his did.
0: It was a smile that comes from a young bride who has been spending the last four nights thinking, why is my husband not calling me? And so that develops into a story. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about some of the malfunction that happened. We call them the Miss or the Misses, okay? There was a misconception at the very beginning of all this, while we were engaged, there was a misconception about what was going to happen when I left my wife behind. I don't leave my wife behind, do I, dear? No. (laughs) Learned a very valuable lesson on that. I don't want to leave you behind. I
1: know. That's even better.
0: That's even better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the financial part of it, we'll work that out. That's right. Okay? We will be together she leaves me now to go have grand for the grandbabies, right? Yes. But with my blessing.
1: That's right. Okay.
0: <laughs> and then I join her when I can. That's right. <laughs> so the misconception of why it was okay to separate. This was the first big miss in our malfunction. We looked at it strictly from a logical perspective, it was not okay. It was not necessary. We had plenty of money, okay? We had no children. We both have good jobs, earning good money. There was no reason why we needed to be separated. That was a misconception.
1: Another misconception was the fact that I expected him to think what I was thinking. Yes. I expected him to respond the way I responded when I would travel. Right? I did not communicate to that, that to him. I did not say, are you gonna call me? Or when shall I expect you to call me, even if that kind of thing? I just assumed, because this is the way I think, and this is what I would do, that he would do it. That's right. That's a big miss.
0: We ended up, by this misconception, assuming that because we're married, There would be no temptations, okay? And there were temptations on this weekend that I recognized as a married man that was still living somewhat in a single mentality, okay? Because one of the problems that I had prior to marriage, which the Lord had dealt with me on, was flirtatiousness and... I was tempted with that kind of conduct. Now, I'm happy to say that, by God's grace, I made, even back then, not understanding the dynamics, I made good decisions, but where I fell in that temptation was just getting swept into and involving myself in the frivolity of the occasion, you know, the rehearsal dinner, and their wedding wasn't like our wedding, and it got into, you know, foolishness, the guys and, you know, the grooms, groomsmen, and all that scene, you know, I, I would have been much better off having my helpmate with me, and so that was a misconception.
1: Another misconception is we take each other for granted. He made assumptions and took me for granted. I just dropped him off. I'm going to pick him up. And, you know, that was, that was the plan.
0: Unintentional, taking for granted.
1: So that was... There's one more misconception. That was,
0: yeah, that was n- not all, okay? okay. expecting. <laughs> expecting to have my wife point to this <laughs> part of the page. We had the expectation that... They're going to enter into our experience, okay? I come home after not calling my wife the whole weekend. And I come home, and I am expecting that she is going to feel so elated to see me. And I'm going to tell her all about... Your great weekend. My great weekend. <laughs> Almost all about my great weekend. Right, right. <laughs> But she's not really interested in my great weekend. And that's not what, you know, that that was another misconception.
1: And on the other hand, my misconception is I expected him to enter in why it bothered me that he didn't call. And why I wasn't just, you know, so excited just to follow right on in with all of his, you know, stories from the weekend. Because I wanted him to feel something like, a little bit sorry or bad that he really didn't make, I was going to say any effort, a great effort at least, to communicate with me. That's right. So that was a misconception. We expect one another to enter into our premise, our feelings, our experience, and we, we want them to come here, he wants me to go there, and we are on two different planes, two different planets at that point.
0: Yeah, and this is what... And many of you, I know there's new people here, but many of you have heard us over the years talk about the me focus versus the us focus or the single-minded focus that's unintentional. It happens naturally. And when that happens, it means that we have the context of me. Why wouldn't she want to be excited? Well, why wouldn't she? Because I never made her a part of it. I didn't even call her. If I would have called her every day and given her a little report of what was going on, then I could have expected, because it would be us. But I'm thinking, so what's her issue? Why isn't she excited about what I want her to be excited about? Well, I didn't make her a part of it. And much of the, the malfunction that you experience in marriage, if you boil it down, And you can probably think of your own malfunctions while we're talking. It boils down to we're malfunctioning because I'm over here with my perspective and why doesn't she see it? And she's over here with her perspective and why doesn't he love me? Why isn't he tender towards me? Why isn't he whatever? And it won't work that way. So now we can talk about the (laughs) misconduct. So we had some misperceptions. Now we've got misconduct. And that's what happens in the me focus, is the misconduct. When we are in the me focus or the single-minded focus, we are not thinking us. The two shall become one. I tell you, for many years, we have been thinking, living, loving in the us. And it's wonderful. I mean, just yesterday we were sharing with a couple here, and, uh, you know, we said we didn't know, we had no idea love can continue to grow like it does. I hope you're experiencing that, because we've been married 35 years, and it just gets better and better. Anybody experiencing that? <laughs> okay, good. It just gets better and better and love grows. But when you're not in the us focus, giving love, but instead exacting it, when we're not in that focus, when I can be happy with you, then we have misconduct as a result. Mm-hmm. So I already talked about some of my misconduct. Yeah. Yes, misconduct. Not calling was very... That was misconduct. What do you think, men? Yes, There's no excuses There's now. no excuse. There wasn't really a good excuse then because I could have, if my mind would have been where it should have been and not just off doing other things, I, I could have made a way to do it.
1: And I think one of the other aspects of why this is difficult for us, especially as women, is that we, were, we think on many channels at the same time. And men tend to think at one thing at a time. They're kind of Sorry. like box thinkers, you know? So when my, now I understand that, but then I didn't. So I can understand why he went there now that when he got into this situation, that's where he was. And he can now understand why I can be, you know, doing something at work or any number of places and still be thinking about him. So we didn't know that about each other because we, again, expect them to think and respond Uh because that's that's our framework. And we just assume it's their framework as well. So what's our misconduct, ladies? Is it all him? No, it's never just one. It's two. If I would have allowed the Lord to be number one in my life the weekend could have been very different, even if he, his conduct was no different than it was. Because he could have come back, and I would have met him at the gate, and I would have been happy to see him, and by God's grace, I would have entered into his entire weekend with joy. But our misconduct that we have is when our feelings are hurt, when things don't go our way, we start allowing the devil to bring through temptations that we take up and we own. And before the weekend was over, my mind was in such a negative thinking channel. Did I love him? Absolutely. Could I hardly wait for him to get home? Absolutely. And I would have been sickened if something would have happened, like if he was in a plane crash or something. I would have been totally devastated and grieved of heart. But he never knew that. Because what took first place was the negative thinking about why didn't he do what made me happy? And so that's a huge misconduct. And it happens both ways. But I think in most of the situations, I think women are more prone to this area of misconduct. So we talk about misperceptions. You all have them. We have
0: misconduct. Now we wanna talk about miscommunication because there could have been a better resolution to this when I got back if I didn't try to justify myself, okay? Whenever we tried to justify ourselves, which is where I went when she said, how come you never called me? Well, I told her. I was too busy. I didn't tell her I was too single-focused, because that wouldn't sound very good. And
1: you didn't tell her you were having too much fun. didn't tell her I was having
0: too much fun. But I justified myself. And that's our first response. It was Adam's first response with the very first call to accountability with God. It's the woman that you made for me. All I did is took a bite. You know, just downplaying my part. That is what human, not just men, but human. that was the first man's response to God's accountability. We have been doing that ever since. And we don't do that like we used to do that. Right. We are communicating so much better. And communication, well, miscommunication is the number one reason marriages break down. Number one reason. miss communication that's it and then very closely tied with finances and so if I would have come back and said oh honey I am so sorry okay I came to that I came to that point yeah that's right if I I I would have if I would have just come back and just poured out my heart but you can't do what you can't do If self is in charge or me-focus is there, how can you do that? Because you don't have the insight to do that. And so I didn't do that. And so the miscommunication continued on Monday and Monday night, okay? Because I justified myself in my situation.
1: This is what he said. Or something like this. What's the big deal? You know. So what, is, what communication is that to my ears? You don't care. It's like, what is my problem, right? Because to him, it's no big deal, so obviously I'm the problem. And how does that fit when you're already offended? not well and when you already are living and responding in the self focus or defensiveness that he had or justification he had became defensiveness that I had so my communication back to him was not a golden communication it was a communication of i don't like what happened you you know you've hurt me and you know you should feel bad about it And he thinks it's no big deal. So we both had miscommunications.
0: Yes. And that is happening in your marriages as well. The question is, are we learning from these experiences or are we adjusting to lives of malfunction in our marriages? Okay? We made the decisions by God's grace and continue to that we are not going to live complacently with malfunctions that we understand, but we are going to move to the miracle-working power of God that we didn't understand very practically. But I tell you, God is a good teacher, Mm -hmm. if we're willing, and we can change. And that's what excites us, okay? That's what excites us about this message is that every couple here can move from malfunction whatever it is and at whatever level it is to miracles beginning today. There's nothing that hinders us from that. And the last miss, talk about the last miss.
1: Misunderstanding. (laughs) lost my voice. Misunderstanding. So we had misconceptions, misconduct, miscommunication... And now we've got major misunderstanding, right? And it is, you know, if we could see ourselves, we're in it, right? This is our situation. If we could step out and sit where you're sitting, when there's no problem between us, and watch ourselves go through this, we would think, how utterly ridiculous is this? To see two adult people acting this way Toward one another when they really love each other. We would think, how utterly ridiculous. But when you're in it, you don't see it. Is that true? That's very true. And so we come through these things, and now we have major misunderstandings because of something as simple as no phone call. Because we have followed the devil's pattern and pathway to dysfunction That's right. step by step by step by step and now what the devil wants to do with this misunderstanding is he wants us to get stuck there just stuck there like quicksand you know slowly sinking in it and i don't know about you i, I do know some of you have experienced this probably more or most of you we've had this You can actually let these kind of misunderstandings go on for days. We've met couples that they have gone on for years over something that happened two or three years earlier that they have never resolved. They have never been able to talk it through and confess and repent and be forgiven and forgive.
0: That's right.
1: So misunderstandings are huge. My misunderstanding was... I didn't really think he cared. It was more important for him to have his life with his friends, how he wanted to do it, than it was to be thinking about me. So that told me, you really don't care about me. Now, that's not a true statement, but that's how distorted our thinking goes, very quickly. That was the misunderstanding on my side.
0: And for me, the the misunderstanding was sensitivity to the heart cry. Okay? Okay. If this is something that, if every man could come to understand and enter into by the grace of God praying to to, to get, let God have access to us, we are good at arguing, we are good at making our point, we are good at making bold statements we're good at all these kind of things as men. What we are not good at and we need God is that we could break this whole cycle of malfunction by simply, in this situation, by simply letting the Holy Spirit take the golden rule, do unto her right now what I wish she could do for me. That's the golden rule. Right now, myself wants her to understand me. Somebody needs to understand the other person. In this case, My sensitivity to her, and it came, and I'm thankful in our marriage, even at the worst times in our marriage, we didn't take days and weeks, and as she said, years. I mean, that may, unless you're in it, you may think that's unbelievable. We know people that have been in these situations for years because they will not humble themselves. Okay? Fortunately, we never went for. Well, a couple of days maybe in mm-hmm. some bad situations. But, but then the Holy Spirit gets through. But it doesn't have to. This misunderstanding, often what happens in many marriages, is this misunderstanding, what caused it can be completely forgotten about. And we live in a misunderstanding. So every communication is filtered through Misunderstanding. And everything looks a different color. Everything feels different. Everything has a different attitude. And we live in a misunderstanding environment. And it affects marriages in the long term. God wants to break that. He wants to solve those
1: malfunctions. So do you want a miracle or you want to live in malfunction? Miracles. So we're going to look at some steps that, we, that God can help us do to change our malfunction patterns of our relationship and move us into living in the miracle-keeping power of Christ.
0: 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, and the 3rd verse says, Let husbands, speaking to husbands first, gospel order, Let husbands render unto the wife due benevolence. There's one of those big words. Thank you. So explain it. (laughs) God is asking us as men. somebody, Somebody needs to break the cycle. Okay? God is asking us as men to treat our wives in a manner that demonstrates to them, without even speaking words, that we really care for them in a tender, compassionate, loving way. Women need to be loved. It needs to be manifest that they are deeply loved and that there is no one that I love above my wife in the human realm, okay? That's benevolence. That's kindness. That's reaching out. And what that means in simple, simple terms, very practically, it means that I need to be willing to step up when there's these miss, 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 miss. I need to step up by God's grace, because the Holy Spirit's always calling, we can never say, I didn't have a clue that my anger was wrong, that my spirit was wrong, that my attitude was wrong. We know the Holy Spirit is calling to us, okay? I need to step up and give love. Give love, not wait and demand respect. Men want to be respected. Men want to be adored, looked up to, complimented, talk about how wonderful we are. Men love those kinds of words of affirmation. But we need to step up and give love. And when we give that, then things begin to happen because the heart is melted.
1: Mm -hmm. And it has something else in that verse
0: then it says and likewise likewise also the wife unto the husband
1: so it's not one-sided isn't God fair because God knows that's what we need God knows it because that's who he is and that's who he wants us to be in his image benevolent having a disposition to do good acts of kindness intentional reaching out intentional love That's what God is saying through that one word. So that is something that we as wives can also do. It's our privilege. When you hold on to your feelings, when you hold on to your hurt, when you hold on to the misunderstandings, when you're living in the malfunction, you become more and more and more and more and more miserable. That's right. And you create the atmosphere that's more and more and more unhealthy and miserable. So God doesn't put all the responsibility on the husband. He puts it equally to both. Because we are both party to the malfunction. So we want to talk
0: about, and very quickly, this won't take long, but if you're taking notes, this is a good time to take notes because now we're talking about resolution, okay? You all know how it fits for you, okay? Because the first thing we want to identify is the, the pattern of our Malfunction in marriage, and every marriage has it. We've been marriage counseling for the last 26 years. We could tell you incredible stories of malfunction that would make you weep, and we could tell you miracle stories that would make you weep, okay? And many of those stories have been the same couple, okay? Unbelievable circumstances of malfunction that you would think with man, This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And we've had the privilege over the last 26 years to participate and see God work miracle after miracle after miracle. That's why we get excited. So don't be afraid to identify your pattern of malfunction because you have one. Anything that you are malfunctioning in in your marriage has a pattern. And you know what it is. Stop blaming and start looking for that pattern. That's the first thing. Identify the pattern.
1: If if we don't identify it, then we'll never deal with it. And it will just keep happening again and again and again. So this is the part about being honest and let the Lord really open our hearts. Secondly, not only must we identify it, but now we must individually take ownership of our part of it. It's easy, if we're gonna identify human nature, it's easy to identify it because this is his problem. It's easy for him to identify my problem. But this is our problem. And this is why we need each one to take ownership of our individual parts.
0: And it's very important, and we've experienced this, we've experienced everything we're talking about, that's why we're talking about Mm -hmm. it. It's easy when we come to identifying that we want to get the other person to take the responsibility for their part. That is, that is not our place. As Elaine just said, it is important for us to own our side of it. And that means we have to talk about it openly. We have to, it's not good to talk about it when you're in the midst of it, okay? When you're not in the midst of it, sitting together and talking about how does this happen? How does this break down? And you will know exactly how it breaks down. And if you don't break down talking about it, you can begin to resolve it very quickly. Number three, what can I personally contribute to creating the miracle? You know, inspiration tells us that when we offer our prayers to God, we need to do everything in our power to cooperate in answering those prayers. Amen. This is not talking about works. It's all the power of God, but it's us cooperating. That means that when I recognize that I trigger certain kind of reactions to my wife when I am harsh or when I am inconsiderate or when I I need to not only identify that, but I need to prayerfully contribute to the miracle of change by letting God change me. And, and it'll happen. It, it will happen.
1: This is, this is the, the, the key here. Well, it's not the most important key because the last one's the most important key. But this is a vital part of resolution, of living in the miracles of, that God desires us to live in. And that's for both of us to take on what I can do to change it. And I tell you what has helped me more than anything else is to stop looking at the weaknesses or faults or shortcomings of my husband and start looking at what God wants to make me as his helpmate and as his wife and how I am to love and to honor, to respect and to serve him. When that becomes what's in the forefront of my thoughts, then it's easy to resolve conflict. That's right. If I'm only thinking about what he did wrong and how it affects me and why I have a right to feel this way, I'm miserable, he's miserable, and we live in dysfunction.
0: So one of the ways that we can educate ourselves is that we can take our focus in our quiet time, in our personal study, we can take our focus to what it means to be a godly husband, a godly wife. We can spend time there, and we have spent... Years of study Sorry. in this area, and we never stop learning from it. Okay, I can remember when I used to be deeply involved in study of prophecy and end time events, and that the Lord called to my heart, and in that still small voice, no audible voice, you know, one day I had fallen very badly in the family. It had been really, you know, not mean, a physical fall, not but, a physical, a but spiritual fall. But a spiritual fall with being mean to my wife, speaking to her in very harsh and unkind ways. And, and I was just pouring out my heart to the Lord. And, and the thought that came to me is that you've got all this light shining out on the path way out in the future. And you're walking in darkness today in your own marriage. What a wake-up call to me. And I began to study how to be a, a man that learns how to die to self, how to be a godly husband and how to be a godly father and I put my energy there and the devil came to me and taunted me and said you will never be able to debate you will never be able to answer the hard questions you will never I have never faced a hard question since then that God has not given me the grace to speak to even though I don't put my study into prophecy like I used to I still believe that we need to be there in the books of Daniel Revelation we're living in those times but my emphasis even today is to study to be the man that God wants to make me the Christian the husband and the father and so if you want to get better clues take time to study into these areas
1: yeah like Carolyn said yesterday morning I mean that's the kickstart to every day That's where we need to, that's where we need to be spending our time is connecting with God. So he, his grace, which is our fourth point, it's impossible without him. That's right. It is totally impossible to get out of our malfunction. Even if we know all the steps, if we try to do it in our human strength, because this is a divine energy, a divine power we need that supersedes our human power and our human weaknesses. And unless we take time to connect with him in real life for the real needs that we have every day, we go through the day making the same blunders all over again. And we live in our malfunctions, whether it's in our marriage, our family, or with other people, or whoever it may be with, even in our own personal lives. So we need to connect with God and recognize that we cannot change without him.
0: That's number four. So, Jeremiah 32, 27, if you want to write this down. Jeremiah 32, 27, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of how much flesh? The God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We need to believe that this situation that we face is not too hard for God and we will believe that it's not too hard for God if we spend time connecting our weakness with His strength. That's right. Okay? So that's number four. Number five, give each other permission. This is being vulnerable, but we do it in our home. Give each other permission to identify when the cycle begins. Okay? The pattern. It's happening. And when we gave each other this permission... When it happens, it's a call to our heart because (laughs) it's not the moment that we necessarily want to hear that it's happening. But we've given each other permission. And the amazing thing is we've also given God permission that when we give the permission to each other, God reminds us that this is his work in us. We are allies against the common foe, not enemies. We're not enemies. The devil wants us to think we're enemies when we're in the fight. So we need to give each other permission to identify when the cycle begins before we, we get into it deeply.
1: The sixth area is we need to pray specifically about the patterns we have in our marriage. Pray specifically for change. Pray specifically for my heart to be changed for, for me to be sensitive to God's will, for me to have the Lord put a watch over my words, my tongue, my speech, my attitudes, my thinking. If we pray specifically, God answers specifically. If we pray generically, we get generic answers. So pray specifically. God loves to answer those prayers.
0: And for us, we would encourage you, we pray specifically together. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's great to play, pray specifically we need our own personal connection with God, but it's also a blessing to pray together about these malfunctions because we're hearing each other's hearts. Number seven, don't give up. Get up. The devil wants to keep us down. The devil wants you to believe. Yeah, it may work for other people. It may work for Tom and Elaine. But their situation is different than mine. The devil wants to keep us down. He wants to stand on our heads. But remember what Jesus said in Genesis 3.15. When he promised to put enmity between us and that serpent. And Jesus God, he is bruised by the devil, but he crushed the head of the serpents. It's not meant to be the other way around. The devil wants to crush out the life of our marriage, and he wants to think that he can convince us that when we are down, he can keep us down. Don't let the devil keep you down. Don't give up. Get up mm-hmm. and keep going. That's our part, to cooperate With the grace of God. Luke 18. Let me just read to you in closing. Luke 18. And verse 27. And Jesus said. The things which are impossible with men. Are possible. With God. You may think. That your malfunction has been. Malfunctioning so long that it is impossible to change. Jesus is here to say to us today, "It is impossible with men, but with God, all things are possible." Amen. You want to have miracles in your marriage? Amen. <laughs> Amen. We all can move from malfunctioned to miracles. And I tell you, I love living life with this girl. I love it. You love it too? Good. There's nobody I'd rather be with than this girl right here. And she knows it.
1: We We were flying the other day, and we got a free upgrade, and that was nice to first class. But I was on one row on the far right side of the airplane by window and he was several rows behind me on an aisle seat and usually people are nice and they'll switch because they can tell we kind of like to be around each other and they'll switch with us so we can sit together it was so hard on my husband because the people the lady who was next to me was with a family so they were all in a row so obviously she wouldn't want be the one to move because she had young children but the lady next to him she did not want to move she's gonna stay this is her seat
0: not because she wanted to be by me, but because she <laughs> wanted that seat. That's
1: right. Oh, it was so hard on him. It's like I could see his little eyes, you know, like, honey. Yeah. I
0: <laughs> I'm all by myself.
1: <laughs> I said, you're not. You've got a seat mate. He says, no, I don't. I'm by myself. Just go to sleep. You'll be all right.
0: <laughs> well I thought, well, maybe, maybe Lord, you want me to, you know, have a conversation with this lady. She didn't want to have nothing <laughs> to but it. that seat. <laughs> so I, I went to sleep. <laughs>
1: And you only missed me while you were awake, right? That's right. And he slept good. So anyway, that's the connectedness.
0: So God wants our marriages to be a little bit of a representation between the way Christ wants to deal with his church, his love for his church. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's a big order, isn't it? But God is in the business of miracles. And when he works those miracles, it is joy. It is joy. Okay, let's let's kneel together as we close in prayer. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love to us. We're thankful for the privilege of marriage, an institution that... You set up. You said that it was not good for man to be alone. And we thank you for this arrangement. I thank you for the woman you've given me to be by my side, to be a help me to me, to be a blessing to me. I pray, Father, that I will love my wife in only the ways that you can help me love her that I will meet her needs the way that you help me to recognize and meet those needs, that our love can not only be a rich blessing to ourselves, but also to our family, and that each marriage here today would move, first desire, but then choose to move from malfunction into the beautiful realm of miracles